What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Valspar Championship. Back at it again with some more golf action. I have officially released my fourth annual March Madness Optimal Bracket video. It is the most popular video that I put out every year. What does it say about me that the most popular video that I that I do every year is in a sport that I know nothing about and I do not cover? <laughs> That's interesting, right? Uh, so go check that out. It's it's had really good success. Obviously, everybody's going to fill out a bracket. We're going to do it with math as opposed to narratives or anything else that's going on. Otherwise, uh, if you're here for the golf, I'll take you through the course, the players in the field, a little bit of a top-heavy uh, type of field, a couple of stars at the top. We'll see if we can continue this great run. Scotty Scheffler coming through victory for us uh, last week. A lot, lot of interesting stuff here to play out at the Copperhead course. Speaking of the Copperhead course, this is my website, rickrungood.com. It's a giant golf database for fantasy and for betting and a lot of cool data analytics tools. So this is course key stats. What do we notice about the Copperhead course? Well, first off, it is a par 71, 7,340 yards, although I think on the scorecard, okay, no, I got it, 7,340. Here's the scorecard. So what's the par 71? Well, it's an extra par three on the back. Uh, Now, the three par threes on the back are all over 200 yards. In fact, Four of the par threes are over 200 yards, and the fifth is 195 yards. So you got some stout par threes around here. Obviously, the Snake Pit is a stretch of golf, uh, stretch of holes on the golf course that are uh, play play quite difficult. And it's Florida, so you can imagine there are you know there's there, there's water out there. Although you will say. Um, what we'll talk about in a second, I guess let's talk about it right now. Driving distance is not very correlated with success at all. In fact, this is one of the golf courses uh, which has the shortest average drive on the PGA Tour. You don't have to particularly be long, but you kind of have to be a little bit accurate. Um, it does not necessarily show up that way on the correlated stats model because this is you know, building molds and building fits of golfers over the last handful of years. And when you get a club down golf course, driving accuracy is not particularly great anyway, because it's being measured, you know, year, uh, week in and week out where guys are, are hitting driver in most spots. So you get a club down golf course and it, it becomes a little bit less valuable. The stats that, that are uh, seemingly quite valuable, strokes gained approach, no surprise there. Strokes gained approach is always incredibly valuable, but here it ranks fifth, which means there's only four other courses in which the PGA Tour, uh, on the PGA Tour schedule in which strokes gained approach is more valuable. And then around the green. So around the green is 16th, uh, which means there's only 15 other courses in which strokes gained around the green is more important. Worth noting that while, you know, Around the green is ranked the same as strokes gained putting. There's also scrambling that shows up here. So this is kind of the non, you know, good stats or the non-standard stats. Scrambling's an okay stat. It's not great, but it's okay. And you'll see it ranks third, which means there's only two other courses in which scrambling is more important. So what we're going to essentially do here is we are going to pile up on approach. We are going to pile up on around the green play. We are going to pile up on um, probably par three scoring, maybe long par three scoring, and we'll see where we go. Now, if you look at the last 36 rounds for everybody in this field, who stands out using these skill sets, the adjusted fit? Uh, the Bens continue to play well and continue to show up well here. Ben Taylor, Ben Griffin, first and third. Mav McNeely, Tommy Fleetwood, second and fourth. Sam Ryder is fifth. Eric Cole, Wyndham Clark, Justin Thomas, Keegan Bradley, Nico Echevarria, newly crowned uh, Puerto Rico Open champion in here as well. So we'll talk through all these guys here or, or, or most of these guys, but they they jump off the sheet as far as adjusted fit goes out of the gate. But yeah, this will be, uh, be a good one.
They have, oh, real quick before I move on, they have, so there's there's water in play on nine holes. They've increased the rough this year, uh, about three quarters of an inch to an inch, uh, from three inches to 3.75 uh, to start the week out. And then they also brought the rough closer to these greens, the way they mowed it than, than years past, which is good and bad. You know, thick rough closer to the green probably helps the guys that are not as good around the green, but... We'll consider that when we get to the custom model here in just one second. Here's the cheat sheet. This is four golfers over $10,000. Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, Matt Fitzpatrick. Do I like any of them? I don't know. Not particularly, right? Um, probably the, the 10K range with the most question marks as of late. Let's look through Justin Thomas. I suppose that he's going to continue to check boxes for his um, unbelievable approach play. He did it again at the Players' Championship, three and a half strokes on approach. He's, his ball striking numbers are very, very good. The putter continues to be a, a massive concern. He lost five strokes at the Players' Championship. If you look at his Valspar results, we'll see if we can glean anything from uh, his trips around the Copperhead course. And he's, it's phenomenal stuff. You know, he's got four top 20s in his last, in, in his only five trips, T3 last year. Um, the last two trips, he's gained like 14 strokes on approach, which is solid. And then he has actually been, he's had like one or one really bad putting week here. He still finished T13. Otherwise he's gained three out of five. So maybe cautiously optimistic on Justin Thomas, though I do continue to worry. But the fact that he is, um, you know, pretty significantly the best player in this field, I, th I think is, I think is helpful. If we do weighted strokes gained, um, and we just do it for the last 36 rounds, like where is Justin Thomas even show up on this list? Oh, I'm looking right at him. He's eighth. So that's the weighted stuff. If we go back 50 rounds, I I'm imagining he's going to get better. Uh, yeah, he moves up one spot. He moves up to seventh. So He's clearly, you know, one of the best players in this field. I don't mind it. I don't, I don't love it. Jordan Spieth, I have generally no idea about. I think I've, I think I confessed this last week. I do not like the way that he looks with the putter. He is making putts that he does not think that he has made. He is missing horribly at times. Um, we'll pull up his, his Valspar championship results here. He obviously won this event in 2015, finished uh, T18 in 2016, but he has not played this since 2018 when he missed the cut. So we are getting basically, I would argue that's like no history around Valspar, especially with how much Jordan Spieth has changed in 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 that time frame. For whatever reason, or however however ugly it is, um, Jordan Spieth is getting the job done. T six at Phoenix, T four at the API, T nineteen at the Players Championship. He's technically gaining strokes putting in his last two. I, I think if um, you you kind of ask me to choose between these guys right now, I'd I'd, I'd probably play Spieth and cover my eyes and go do something else this weekend and not have to watch it. Uh, is kind of where I'm at right now. Sam Burns and Matt Fitzpatrick. Sam Burns, I'm probably just going to take a pass on. And I'm a big Burns guy here, but obviously the back-to-back the -back wins is is going to garner a lot of attention. His his history around here is great, but man, he he's like not that guy right now, right? I mean, he's lost strokes on approach in three, out of th in, three in a row. He's lost strokes on approach in six out of eight. He's lost strokes on approach in eight out of like, 12, 11. I mean, it's just, we're, we're getting a really extended run of poor ball striking. And the only hope is that he goes to a place that he's had success at and it clicks. I'm not necessarily banking on that for over $10,000. Uh, and then Matt Fitzpatrick, 
who I'm generally a pretty big believer in. I don't like to see this as well. You know, he's been dealing with that the neck injury this year. He's lost strokes on approach in all but one event uh, this this year. Uh, that was the API. He finished T14. He's missed two out of his last three cuts. He's missed three out of his last five cuts. This is not the well-rounded, excellent golfer that we saw. And I think you could generally chalk this up to kind of dealing with the, the next stuff. So for me, it's probably... Spieth, Thomas, Fitzpatrick, Burns, I, I do not particularly love any of those guys. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think there's a really good chance I start a lot of my lineups in the $9,000 range. And that's even with the fact that we've seen some big-time chalky wins and some, some, some guys at the top of the board winning recently. But, man, that, that is arguably one of the biggest uh, 10K question marks that we've seen in quite some time. Just to put a bow on that 10K range, if we just do last 50 rounds of, well, let's just do like regular raw strokes gain total here. If we do the last 50 rounds, which is a long time, the top guy should be should be getting to the top here. There are one, two, three, four, five golfers better than Matt Fitzpatrick, who is our first 10K guy. There's another one, two, three, four, five, six guys from Fitzpatrick to Justin Thomas. Jordan Speed, another 10K guy, is 22nd. And our final 10K guy, Sam Burns, is 39th. So 50 rounds, basically six months for everybody in the field. And our, our 10K guys range from 6th to 39th. It's not, it's not great. So I, I might just be avoiding that range altogether. The 9K range is pretty solid, all things considered. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, one of the better approach players in the field, but also one with a very, very savvy uh, short game, certainly comes to mind right off the bat. He is coming off a T27 at the players. He is now, it, it hasn't been massive gains. Some of them are, are less than one stroke, but he has gained strokes on approach every event dating back to the Spanish Open. The last time that he lost strokes on approach at, the, at on, in a, on a PGA Tour event was the US Open in June of last year. So he's been he's been steady he's been solid um he had that ned bank golf challenge victory and and tommy's been generally just playing well all over the globe the the short game is almost even better right the last time he lost on the pga tour around the green was byron nelson that was in may of last year what i see is uh the the, the pathway the pathway for tommy's actually quite clear to the top of the board you know he's he's likely to gain somewhere between three and six strokes on approach okay go do that um, can he gain two strokes off the tee? That's what we're going to need him to do. And he's done that, you know, three times in his last seven starts or so. Is he going to be positive around the green? Yes, probably. Right. We've talked about that. And then the, the putter is either a minus five or a plus four. And that's good. So, so this is a pretty, pretty clear path for Tommy that when things go right, it's, it's the top of the leaderboard. Um, and he might lose five strokes putting and he might finish, you know, T 55, but that's, this is a pretty predictable stat profile, uh, which is nice. Justin Rose has been a lot better than than most people uh, probably realize. Actually, maybe not. He just won at Pebble Beach, but maybe maybe more than I realize, right? So so Justin Rose used to be very very dependent on his short game, and you'll see that in the in the metrics here. You know, he used to be, you know, plus seven short game, plus five short game, and he would be like a minus six, a minus five, a minus four in the ball striking categories, and we're starting to see this turn a little bit. He's still very stout around the green, still very savvy. No problem there. The putter's fine, but we've got gains on approach in five straight. Again, not a ton, but in five straight, he gained two and a half strokes on approach in two measured rounds at Pebble Beach. Uh, that was his victory. He gained four on approach last week, the Players' Championship. So he gained seven strokes of the Players' Championship in a field that stacked, finished T6. Uh, you look at his Valspar history, he's been here a ton. 
So let me pull this up here. Um, I don't play a lot of Justin Rose. I don't really ever bet Justin Rose, but he might he might be a pretty decent option for this week. He's missed the cut. Um, missed the cut in 2021. Finished T5 here in 2018. He's got a bunch of other top 15s, but they it's been a while, right? He hasn't played here. He's played here once since 2018, which is not particularly great. Um, so probably kind of writing off a lot of the history for for Justin Rose as well as we did for as we did for Jordan Spieth. We have to continue in this 9K range. You know, Keegan, Keegan, uh, a, a very ugly miscut last week, right? Where he um, loses two strokes around the green. I mean, I, let me let me actually just show this to you by round because that's that's really much more indicative of 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 his form. Yeah, so he was great on Thursday. 2.6 strokes he gained, uh, gained across the board, and then he gave it all up on he gave it all up on Friday, and he lost four strokes to the field, lost off the tee, lost around the green, lost with the putter, just like one really really bad ugly round. He is capable of having uh, said bad ugly rounds from time to time, but he's been playing a lot better golf than I think most people um, want to give him credit for. Obviously, the T10 at Bay Hill, the T20 in in Phoenix. When he's going well, he's a great ball striker. The short game, I do worry about a little bit around the green. So I think he's an okay option. I probably like Rose a little bit more. I probably like Tommy Fleetwood a little bit more. But the guy that I think I like most is is, is probably Adam Hadwin. And that's, that's something that uh, probably does not come out of my mouth too often here. Whoops. So there's a lot to like. There's a little bit of concern, but there's a lot to like. So... Adam Hadwin gains seven strokes ball striking at the Players' Championship, finishes T13, uh, capable of doing that, right? We saw him gain 10 in the ball striking categories in Houston. We saw him gain five in Phoenix. That was another top 10 there. He's generally just been playing very, very well. The the one concern would be the fact that he's actually lost uh, two strokes putting in three straight events. That is something that, as I scroll back through his game logs here, he has not lost multiple two or more strokes putting in three straight starts. I'm going to go with ever. I mean, I'm back in 2017 and I haven't found it yet. How about, I mean, he's had three losses in a row, but not necessarily three losses that, but yet ever. Okay. So, so we're in the midst of a really bad putting stretch by his own standards, not by most guys standards. Now you look at his history around Valspar. He won this event in 2017. He finished T7 here last year. His putter has been, he actually hasn't even outside of the win. I mean, even with the, the T7 last year, he only gained a stroke and a half with the putter. So he doesn't necessarily need to gain a ton, but I do think we're probably probably due for a bounce back, right? I wonder if he, if we do, um, I bet if we do the trends tool and look at the last like 12 rounds, I bet you he's up here as a guy who's about to break out. Let's see if we can find him. Uh, what's his name? Adam Hadwin. Yeah, he's right here. He's kind of just just into that second second quadrant that you want. Upper left is better, right? Guys that are hitting it well that are putting below their baseline on the verge of breaking out. So Adam Hadwin is is definitely in that uh, borderline second tier. He's definitely on the correct side of things. So that that's really interesting to me. Um, you know, especially when you look at also look at look at his upside, right? So if you go to the power rankings here, I just have this sorted by last thirty six rounds uh, by salary. Look at Adam Hadwin. So he gained strokes on the field 61% of the time. That is more during this stretch than Jordan Spieth and Sam Burns. He gains one or more strokes 52% of the time. That is more than anyone in the 10K range. It's actually tied with Fitzpatrick more than the other guys. He is gaining two or more strokes 36% of the time, more than all, more than anybody up there but Fitzpatrick. And he is gaining, where is he? Uh, three or more strokes 22% of the time, that's high 
his his four or more strokes gain rounds is 22 percent oh I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry I'm looking at the wrong guy is 13 percent that's the same as Justin Thomas so th- this is a pretty good stat pro I don't know if that is saying more about the 10k guys that they have not played well as it is about Adam Hadwin and Denny McCarthy and uh, you know even throw Tommy Fleetwood and Keegan Bradley in there for a little bit of upside but wow The 9K range feels jam-packed, while the 10K range felt a little icky. The 8s are pretty interesting as well. Justin Suh trending, right? Justin Suh finally starting to figure some stuff out. Obviously, a slow start to his career, especially compared to what expectations were. But a T6 at the players, a T5 at the Honda, T24 at API, T40 at Genesis. I mean, that last three, those last three starts are 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 four, uh, four of last four starts. Three of them are really big events. The the approach plays coming around. He was uh, a gainer across the board last week. A little bit re- reliant around the greens, but I'm not going to beat him up too bad for that because the putter's been been much better. Um, I think it's a little bit of an inflated price. It's probably the most we've ever seen on him at $8,900. Um, yeah, basically in, in any recent stuff, it's, it's pretty expensive. I know it's a weaker field. I, I, I will like Justin, sir, but I mean, I'm big in on Wyndham Clark, right? I mean, we've been following this guy for a long time. He is, uh, you know, knock on wood, refusing to disappoint. A T27 at the players in which he gained five strokes off the tee. He, for the first time, did not gain on approach when that has been his best aspect. There's, I mean, he's putting better, but he's not putting crazy. He's basically a zero putter. This stat profile reeks of a break, of like a breakout. This stat profile reeks of a guy who's about to destroy a weaker field. I mean, he's, he has not missed a cut since Las Vegas. He's got a bunch of top 25s, a bunch of top 30s, some big-time events. The metrics are there. Man, this is, this is pretty cool. Has he, played, has he played basketball before? I don't even care at this point. Let's see. Oh, it's not great. Missed the cut last year, T60 in 2021, T37 in 2019. Has lost strokes putting in all three years. Lost strokes on approach in two of them. Gained off the tee in all three. Love the trend line. Love the trend line for Wyndham Clark. I thought I had one other Wyndham Clark nugget. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Oh, I do. He was, so last 35 rounds, he's um, very much in this upper left-hand quadrant of breakout stars, right? So that's that profile that I showed you. Uh, looked like a guy who's ready to break out. Also, the models uh, agrees with that sentiment. Um, guys in this time frame, Tommy Fleetwood, Matt Wallace, Nick Hardy, Aaron Rye, Alex Smalley, Cole Hammer, a couple, couple of notables there. But uh, yeah, really, really, really cool to see what Wyndham Clark has been up to. The rest of this 8K range, so uh, Gary Woodland, we're going to have to keep an eye on Gary. Keep an eye on Gary. Because the ball striking stuff is insane. Good. The putting stuff is insane. Bad. Seven strokes gained ball striking for Gary at the players. Lost seven with the putter. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, Let's see his Valspar history. It's not great. He won this event in 2011. That was a long time ago. Last four are T21 and three missed cuts. Doesn't have a top 20 here since 2014. Always loses with the putter. The one year that he won, he gained eight strokes putting. Uh, yeah, going to kind of need one of those because he's been hemorrhaging. This is this is, unfor- this is unfortunate because I'd love to get access to Gary this week, but I don't even know if he can out hit what his putter is doing. Not super excited about anybody else. Taylor Moore's played a lot better. He's only missed... One of his last six cuts, he's got a, a bunch of top 15s in there. He, he struck it well 
last week, the Players' Championship, he finished T35. Ben Griffin's here. I'll give you a couple nuggets on Ben Griffin. Obviously, he did the um, the walk and talk. Did you guys know he was a loan officer? I, I don't know if anybody's, if anybody's mentioned that to this point. T35 with the Players. He lost off the T for the second time in four starts, which is generally a strength of his, and it's going to have to be because his approach play is slightly better than tour average. Love the short game, though. You know, if that's the route, if the route for Ben Griffin is be slightly above average on approach and greens and regulation, and then when you miss, be able to get up and down better than everybody else, that's an interesting route. I will also show you this um, very, very high upside golfer. Last 36 rounds, he's gained five or more strokes 11% of the time. It's the second highest rate in the field behind just Akshay, who we will definitely talk about in just a second. So um, real high upside there for a guy who has a path to the top of the board playing some playing some great golf sevens we'll just we'll just talk you want to talk about Akshay we'll just do the Akshay conversation right now so Akshay gets his special temporary membership status in Puerto Rico finishing runner up and that allows him to get as many sponsors invites as he wants to take for the rest of the year now he is back at Valspar this is where he made his uh PGA Tour debut so it's got his professional debut I believe so he has got a special place in his heart I'll show you the result from that year I think it was like a T21 I want to say oh I gave him way too much credit he missed the cut so missed the cut in 2019 but he was like talking about how much he wants to get back to this event, et cetera, et cetera. He's been playing much better as of late. He's got the the two back-to-back top uh, seven finishes uh, to start his year at corn, at the corn, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Missed a couple cuts, finished runner-up. Look at it. So you look at his, um, you look at his profile here, you know, very, very high upside. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this guy's floor is just about as low as anybody's, but the upside is just about as high as anybody's. So if you're looking for a very volatile option, Akshay certainly presents that to you. Let me show you Victor Perez. And this is where I'll, you know, it, it's going to take 22 minutes into the show, but I'll give you the shameless Rick Rungood plug because Victor Perez is making his first start on the PGA Tour since July, the Open Championship. He is playing his first purely PGA Tour event since March of 2022. He's played like the Scottish Open co-sanctioned event, et cetera, et cetera. So if you are not using rickrungood.com or a place to get European Tour results and strokes gained, you have zero picture of Victor Perez. And that's a shame because Victor Perez is playing really good golf. Feels a little like Minwoo Lee. Right. Remember, we've been tracking Minwoo and we looked at Minwoo's results and we said, oh, my God, he's got eight top eights in a row or whatever it is. And he comes on, he plays well. So it's not that good. It's not as good as Minwoo's results, but a little bit higher upside. So he finished his 2022 finishing 12th at the DP World Tour in Dubai. That's their like tour championship. Right. That's their I don't want to call it their crown jewel, but it's their crown jewel. He was on the winning team of the Hero Cup. That is the DP World Tours, uh, essentially the President's Cup. It's GB&I versus the Continental Europe. He was on the winning side there. He then won Abu Dhabi HSBC Championships, gaining four strokes off the tee, and very, very good, almost too good uh, in the short game, nine strokes in the short game. But that's something he did in, at the Italian Open, too. Capable of doing it. Third place finish there. Then you worry about a guy who wins... Can he keep it up? Wins in Dubai. Or, I'm sorry. No, he did not go back-to-back. T28 in Dubai. Five strokes ball striking. T13 at the Raz Al-Kamai Championship. Five strokes ball striking. This stat profile is one uh, that's very, very sound. 
Now, say what you will about let's do his let's do his weighted strokes gain. Like that's that's why this exists, right? So his let's do his pure pure raw strokes gain. So pure raw strokes gained across six tours that I cover. He's the number one player in this field over the last 36 rounds. 1.36 strokes gained per round. Now, we go weighted. Let's go weighted here for the last 36. So I imagine he's going to drop. How far is he going to drop here? He drops here just below Ben Taylor. So it's like 20th or so, Um, which, you know, fair. He's also being priced at $7,800. I think it's pretty reasonable to take a stab on Victor Perez. Ludwig Aberg. Let's talk about Ludwig. The number one amateur in the world. The number one... I don't even know if he's still the number one amateur in the world. He might be. Uh, the number one PGA Tour U golfer. He is coming off the T24 at the API, uh, which is probably where you remember him from. He finished and made the cut at the Desert Classic on the DP World Tour earlier this year. Um, I know he won a college event uh, a couple weeks before that, I believe. Really, really good player. Um, I probably will not necessarily chase this, but I do want to point him out because I do think part of this, uh, part of this channel is like, hey, we need we need to track these guys moving forward. They might they might turn into things. Okay, Lashley's been playing much better. Nate Lashley, uh, he's seventy six hundred dollars. We already talked about Akshay. Here is Will Gordon. Will Gordon seems like he's starting to get a little bit right here. Uh, T54 with the players, but he did have the low round of the day on Friday. You know, he is not driving it nearly as well as we saw uh, last year and then into the start of this season. And that's a little bit worrisome. Um, he's not, it's not horrible. He's just like a tiny little negative, but he's gaining more on approach. He's starting to turn that aspect around. I, I worry a lot about the short game. He might lose seven strokes in the short game this week. Again, I think it's another very volatile option on this board, one that I'm not feeling super confident in, but worth keeping an eye on. We've talked ad nauseum about Sam Ryder. He's $7,300. This was another good course fit for him. I, I think it's a decent spot. He's been, he's been playing well enough. Here's Gerard. So this is a really good stretch of golf for him, obviously. Um, the early part of February he finishes T3 at the Astara Golf Championship. That's a Corn Ferry event. He Monday queues into Honda and finishes fourth there. That gets him a start into the Puerto Rico Open, in which he finishes T11. So that is now a total of like 27 strokes gained in his last three tournaments across the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. I believe he is in on a sponsor's invite um, because of that because of that great play. So he'll need to continue, you know, pile up these top tens, pile up these great finishes if he wants to continue to uh, play a lot of these events. He is there at $7,300. I think he is worth a look. Anybody else in the 7K range? I think we might find some of these guys when we do a, a, a custom model. Where's my guy? Is he in the sixes? Oh, he is. Wow. Okay, let's go down to the $6,000 $6, range. So there's a golfer here that I'm like pretty sure is mispriced. Uh, Dylan Wu, 6800 bucks. Dylan Wu, so I saw he opened at 200 to 1. It's already down to 150 to 1. I don't think he should be anything. I think he should be like 80 to 1. So... Can I show you what Dylan Wu has been doing? Dylan is knocking the cover off the ball. Uh, 
gains five and a half strokes on approach at Pebble Beach. That is two measured rounds. He gains four at the Honda Classic, finishes T10. We don't know what he did at the Puerto Rico Open because we don't get the strokes game breakdown there, but he made the cut, finished T48. And then the players last week, he gains four strokes ball striking in the toughest field he's probably ever played in his entire life. And around the green, he is average, if not maybe slightly above average. And the putter has been better. He is generally not a good putter. He lost um, you know, multiple strokes, three events in a row at the RSM Classic, Fortinet Sanderson back then. But since then, it, it, it's been positive stuff. Gained a lot at the Honda. Generally has been a positive player since we got to like the Sony Open. So whatever he did in 2023 to fix the putter, it, it, it's clearly turning his game around and he's just hitting it so much better. So I, I don't like I don't know if Dylan Wu is going to win the golf tournament. I just think that he should probably be like 80 to one instead of 200 to one. I don't particularly love too much. If you're looking like the small sample size guys, and you're like, who is John Vanderlaan and why is he showing up here? So here he is. It was a T7 at the Puerto Rico Open. Uh, two missed cuts on the Corn Ferry, a T17 in the Bahamas, a T21 in the Bahamas. So it's three top 25s in his last five. Highly volatile, but very, very cheap. What else do we have here? I mean, Kevin Tway, we've tracked for a while. He's been playing a little bit better. Um, the 6K range is pretty tough. I don't know if we necessarily even have to go there. Uh, because of Nico Echevarria is here. He's he won in Puerto Rico. He's been better. The um, where's Tano Goya? Yeah, it's been okay. Um, I don't know if we necessarily need to go here as much because I think we're starting a lot in the nine K range. But Vincent Norman, I think is is going to grow into a pretty good player. Nico, uh, Dylan Wu. If you want to get frisky with John Vanderlaan. And if you want to go with like Tano Goya or that's probably it. Those are the guys I'd probably feel most comfortable playing in the 6K range. Let's run a model. Let's keep it tight. I always get I always get super frisky on a Monday because I'm excited about it. And then I'm like, ah, we should probably should not have put all of those things in there. So here, here's what we'll do. Let's keep it tight. What do we know? We know approach play, right? So let's do strokes gained approach last 36 for 25. It's a big one this week. We should probably actually do like 30 because it's a big one compared to most weeks. So let's do 30 there. Let us then do uh, <laughs> 15 on scrambling and 15 or, and 10. I don't want to get too crazy, but I want to get a little freaky. 10 on strokes gained around the green last 24. Okay. Let's see what, see what that does. Let's do long par threes, 300, uh, 200 yards or more. Let's put, uh, 15 there. I'm doing the, I'm doing the thing I said I wasn't going to do, which is just like putting nine stats in here. I just get too excited. I've got 30 weights left. So we've got short game. We've got approach play. We've got Long par threes. I don't really care about the driving stats. I don't really care about the putting stats. Let's just do let's just do strokes gain total. Nah, because I don't want to double count that. So let's do all right. Let's do strokes gain weighted strokes gain total because there's a lot of weird guys in this field for 15. And then I'll put our last 15 on implied win percentage. And uh, sort by value are, oh, God. Oh, my. I am going to lose so much money on Adam Hadwin this week. Our number one golfer is Adam Hadwin. 
$9,200. I am, oh man. <laughs> oh no, I already loved him. This is bad. Adam Hadwin, one. Justin Thomas, two. That's actually a lot better than I thought, but he gets a big, gets a big knock on implied win, gets a good jump on uh, the weighted strokes gain total. Around the green play last 24, he gets a good, good jump. Ben Griffin is third. Tommy Fleetwood is, excuse me, fourth. Eric Cole is fifth. Good for you, Eric Cole. Uh, Justin Rose, six. Jordan Spieth, seven. Aaron Rye, eight. Akshay, nine. Wyndham Clark, ten. Holy crap. All my guys are here. This is sick. Like, I loved Adam Hadwin, Ben Griffin, Tommy Fleetwood, Akshay, Wyndham Clark. Like, I, half of my top ten I already loved. Keegan's 11. Robbie Shelton is 12. A couple notables here. Just Ryan Gerrard is 15th. Justin Suh is 18th. See, that's the problem is I'm – Justin Suh has been – he's done like this quick turnaround, and it's 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 affecting his price and all this stuff, and like my models and things have not caught up to that yet. Dylan Wu is 21st. So to put that into perspective, Dylan Wu is $6,800. He is 21st, which is like way higher than he would normally be. Um Sam Burns is 29th. Matt Fitzpatrick is 30th. It's not good for those guys, man. Wow, really, really cool. Love that. Just trying to see if there's any other notables here. Not really. Wow. Oh, mama. All right, that's the Rick Rungood custom model. You should just go sign up for rickrungood.com. It's amazing and getting better every single week. Not that I'm biased. Um, That's it. Have a good March Madness uh, bracket watching show. I appreciate you guys and all your support. We'll continue to pump the content. Uh, find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week.